Hi, this is Howard Jacobson. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone today by Kathy Fisher. Hello, Kathy. Hello. So I've I've been a fan of yours for many years, um, mostly your photography and recipes. Um, so you're you know you you found your way into my heart through my stomach. So um, I'm really looking forward to to this call. T- tell us a little bit about uh, you know who you are and what you do. Okay. Uh, well, I live in Sonoma County, which is in Northern California. Um, I'm 46, and I've been eating a plant-based diet for the last 14 years. And um, people usually know me through my blog, straightupfood.com, and I started that blog about three and a half years ago, and it was the result, um, or it was born from me working at a health center called True North Health Center in Santa Rosa. I started teaching cooking classes there, never having taught a cooking class before, um, but I had been eating plant-based for a while, so I just kind of jumped in and figured it out. And people started asking me, because I usually do like two recipes during a class and people wanted more, so I thought, well, I'll go figure out what these blog things are. I didn't even know what a blog was. Um, A blog just means a web log. It's like an online diary, and um, so each of my diary entries is usually a recipe. So I just started doing like a recipe a week or every two weeks, and I would put it up there. And So now I have well over 100 recipes, and I also write articles, and so that's that's one part of what I do, and I still work at True North once a week, and I also work at the McDougal program, which ironically is also in Santa Rosa, and I've been working there about six and a half years, and I just love it. I teach cooking demos there as well. Whenever they have a, a five-day program or a 10-day program, um, I teach, and the difference is uh, McDougal has quite large groups. So like 60 people, whereas True North, my classes are pretty small, like 15 people. Mm. But both both advocate a, a plant-based diet. They have some differences between them that are subtle, but generally they're, uh, they kind of work together and support each other. And um, True North is a little bit more Whole Foods um, than McDougal, but... Um, yeah, I love them all, and I I eat I eat more True North because that's where I'm always making my recipes for them because I'm there more often. Um, but yeah, that's what I do when I'm not doing that. I also work as a freelance writer because writing is my background, and have some good connections there. But hopefully someday I can make the the total of my career um, working in nutrition. Cool. So you said you've been plant based for twelve years. Um, Fourteen. Four, mm-hmm. Sorry, fourteen years. Yeah. Um, so, what what was your background growing up around food? If you weren't, you know, and and I'd, I'd love to mm-hmm. hear kind of what you grew up eating and what caused you to want to change and how that went. Yeah, that's the big question. Uh, so, I did not grow up plant based. I grew up on a little tiny farm. We had a small family farm where we actually raised our own animals uh, to eat. Uh, we were at the same time somewhat healthy, so my mom didn't allow us to have junk food and Lucky Charms and Fruit Loops. You know, we had the the healthy cereal and the healthy bread, and you know, uh, we weren't allowed a lot of junk food. So um, that's kind of how I grew up. But part of my problem was that I always had a dairy intolerance. 
so that was ever present in my life, um, having stomach aches from ice cream and if I had too much milk or too much cheese. And back then, people, they didn't really have an answer for that. Um, my parents didn't know. Um, I didn't know. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that somebody gave me a copy of um, a Dr. McDougall book. And that's when I started to realize that there were other options. But I, growing up, I, I always loved animals as well. And like animal, like nut, anybody that knows me thinks I'm the animal nut. So it was very strange that we raised our own animals for food. And um, I tell a story about we had this cow and his name was Barney and he was my friend. And then we ended up slaughtering him to eat. And I, I have this distinct memory at the dinner table asking my mom, is this Barney? And she said, this is the best meat you're ever going to have. And so I think I protested and didn't eat Barney, but I kept eating meat um, and dairy, and I just kind of learned that don't eat too much. I I have kind of a sensitive stomach, so I'm thankful for it all now because it's led me to where I am. But eventually I did find the Dr. McDougall uh, books, and I read them, and I just remember it's like it was like a whole new door opening for me. And once I got that under control... And I got rid of the dairy. I was it, it become a it became a hobby of mine, and I just wondered what else could I do. And um, so I just started reading more of his books and branching out for that from there. And then uh, the way that I got into working is I used to work at a magazine as a managing editor, and it was very stressful. And I decided I would need to quit my job to protect my health. So I quit my job and I emailed Dr. McDougall, having read his books for so long, and said, I live right down the street from you. Uh, Could I come work for you, you know, either as a volunteer or a paid position or something? And he took me up on my offer. So that was a good lesson for me to not be afraid to ask for what you want because you might just get it. So So, so, um, how... What did you notice when you when you made the transition to the McDougal approved diet? What what other changes did you did you experience? I just noticed that I felt better in every possible way. My digestion was better and my outlook on life was better and I've heard this from lots of people that when you change your diet a lot more actually changes than just your diet. And I think it's because you're you're doing such a profoundly wonderful thing for yourself, and it feels really good. And after you do that or while you're doing that, kind of all of these, I don't know, other things begin to change. You're, you begin to be happier, and it, it's kind of like that thing they tell you on airplanes, like put the mask on yourself first so you can then help other people. And it's like if you make your diet healthier and you feel better about yourself, you just feel better. You're more able to help other people. And I don't know, that sounds kind of esoteric, but I just felt more confident. Um, Physically, I I felt better, more vitality, less tired. 
my skin was really good. People always guess my age much lower. I think it keeps it really young looking. I was, I was going to ask you whether yeah. you were starting to get feedback from other people that we, you know, that I, we might think of as sort of, you know, well, oh, that's vanity or shallow. But I find that when people tell me, you know, I look good, <laughs> I find that to be a really powerful motivator to keep doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know if that makes me, you know, shallow or not. No, it's a, it's a great byproduct. I like to kind of throw it out there every once in a while um, because it's like a, a good sales tool for me, and it's true. It, it keeps you really, uh, your skin looking really nice, and if you have good skin, that's that's one of the biggies that helps you look younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm yeah, curious, you, said you, you grew up on a small family farm um, mm-hmm. where you were friends with the animals. So I'm imagining it, <laughs> imagining it wasn't some, you know, big factory farm, Mm-mm. you know, processed cruelty system. It was it was a, a sort of a kind, caring environment, and yet you moved away from eating animals. How did your family react? Did they give you grief or did they did you guys come to uh to an understanding? Cuz I know for so many people the family thing is the hardest thing about making a transition like this. Yes, it's incredibly hard or it can be. Let's see. I have two sets of parents, my mom and her husband, um and they eventually kind of got on board cuz I don't and they live nearby, so I give them books and I've given them books over the years, and I think especially as they've gotten older, um, they've kind of buckled down even more. So they are pretty, they pretty much eat the way I do when they're at home. Um, when they go out, they're a little bit more freer about what they eat. Um, my dad and his wife, they live in Maine, and they don't really um, follow this way of eating. In fact, I'm going out there next week, so I'm, I'm curious how that's going to work. But um, hopefully I can make some meals for them while while I'm out there. But I'm trying to remember if they gave me grief. They probably did. You know, I've always been kind of the the oddball of the family. So maybe they just kind of took it in stride like, oh, there's another odd thing that she's doing. But, um, but I am, like I said, I live really close to my mom and um, other people in my family. And they just... They just know that that's the way I am now. It, it does take a while for people to get used to you. And, you know, in the beginning, they'll give you these jabs and stuff, but eventually they'll get used to it and they'll get tired of giving you jabs. But in my case, I'm the person who does a lot of the cooking in my local extended family. And it's funny because in the old days, I used to kind of make my stuff, but then I'd buy cheese and I'd, oh, I'll use the oil and stuff um, to make them happy and now I just make things my way and everybody eats it and everybody loves it and even when I go to a potluck or somewhere out and about people are always loving the vegan healthy dishes and I hear that from so many people like wow those went first and I think that's part of the that's one of the big deals that if we can get the food into people's mouths then usually they say oh I didn't know I didn't know it tasted good you know, they might say, oh, I need a little salt or something because I use salt in my cooking. I do vegan, no sugar, salt, or oil. But if you give your taste buds a chance, they kind of clean out and you adjust. And then food without oil or salt or uh, processed sugar tastes amazing. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so how did you um, become a 
a cook, a, a cooking instructor? How did you come up with recipes? How did you, you know? How did you go to 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 this degree of competence uh, as a as an ambassador and a provider of uh, plant based foods? Yeah, well, I, I certainly when I quit my job at at the magazine that, that I had mentioned, I certainly didn't think I would become a cook. I did. I went and did a ten month nutrition certification because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it, but I knew I wanted to do something with it. So I did that simultaneously when I got the job at McDougal. And one of the benefits of working at the McDougal program is you get to see all of these other cooking instructors. And, and I got to see them over and over because, you know, I'm, they welcomed me to go to any lectures that I wanted to. Um, so I got to see a lot of cooking instructors, such as Colleen Patrick-Goudreau. She teaches there as well. Jill Nussenau, the veggie queen, she teaches there. Miyoko Shinner, uh, Jess Novick teaches there, Chad Sarno teaches there. So I got to see all these cooking demos over and over and over, and I think it just it grabbed me. And then Mary McDougall, she's a great chef. So um, just kind of being immersed in all that. And then I had an opportunity um, at True North because a friend of mine worked there, and he introduced me to Dr. Goldhammer, who owns True North, and said, um, Kathy would, would be open to teaching some cooking classes, and that was he said, okay. So I started, and I remember being really nervous. And meanwhile, I've been cooking at home, too, and experimenting and all of that. Um, and so I just jumped in, and I just started. And I've come a long way. I look at some of the entries on my blog that are toward the bottom, and I'm just like, wow, I didn't really know what I was doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I knew enough, but I really honed my skills. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of referencing other cookbooks online, um, cooking encyclopedias, and I'm always reading and trying, and I'm a details person. So I think this having a blog like that might be really frustrating to many people because you have to make things over and over and over until you get them right, um, mm. which I enjoy. I enjoy that scientific process, and I keep notes of everything. And um, so I really got into it, into this like, like the kitchen is the lab, and and I just I absolutely love it. It gets a little expensive when you have to keep buying, making things over and over and over. But the good thing is you always have food around, and you always have food to share with people. And I just took to it, and I really took to feeding other people as well. It's it's such a joyous feeling to prepare a meal. Um, for people and then have them be so happy and to know that it's good for their body. Mm. It's the best. I guess that's, uh, yeah, I've heard that from, from, um, from a lot of cookbook authors that, you know, their mm -hmm. secret is you just keep making it and you take incredible notes mm -hmm. until you, until you get it right. So I guess that's what separates you from people like me who rely <laughs> on people like you for inspiration. Mm -hmm. And then if I do something different, I can't even remember it. You know, yeah, I'll, just, and I I'll, have to, I'll have to, I like, you know, take take the the uh, the food stain on the on the cookbook page to the lab to remember. You know. Well, part of the motivation for me was knowing that people are looking at my blog. You know, at first when you have a blog, you you kind of don't really feel like people are looking at it because they're out there and you're just here at your desk. And and then I started getting more emails from people um, from all over the world that they were using my blog and enjoying the recipes. And then I'm like, oh my gosh. People are actually reading this, you know, beyond my True North students and whatnot. And it really makes you want to be better. And and also, once you put a recipe up, 
you, it's really hard to change it because people get really mad. Yeah. So you just give it a new name. <laughs> not even that. I've it, luckily I have great experiences, but I have had a couple where I've changed things because I've become a better cook, and uh, I just want to retool things, you know. And uh, some one time, this woman uh, wrote to me, and she was really upset because I had done that. And I here I am thinking I made it better, and I still think it's better. But she had really liked the old version, and I just changed some like spices and stuff. And she had company, and she was embarrassed. So I'm like, oh gosh. Um, so I've I've learned to put a note at the bottom if I change things and let people know that this is a newer version, you know. And then also don't take things off. People also. So I've learned that people use it as a as a resource in a database, they come back, you know, at least until I come out with a cookbook, you know, that's, they go there a lot over and over. So you have to really be careful what you do and what you change. So it's tempting for me to go back to those really early ones. Like, oh, I want to redo these. But uh-huh. I know, I know a lot of people really enjoy them as they are. And um, I guess people who don't have blogs maybe don't have that problem. But um, yeah, so it's been an interesting learning and people will tell you you know if you're doing something that isn't right and i've learned a lot from my readers and my students and i've made a great number of friends from all over the world i get emails from people in you know india and dubai and just canada new zealand and it's so much fun i just love it Mm. so so i have have to ask you about you know working at True North and with McDougal program, so for so many people, we'll like we'll we'll switch our uh, our eating and we'll feel better. Um, but you know, we'll have friends who are doing paleo and they'll feel better, and people doing all sorts of stuff and they all feel better. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it starts to feel sort of very subjective, or is this placebo effect? But you have been involved in in two um, two organizations that have made unbelievable profound changes in people's health uh, for years in, in ways that kind of defy what the mainstream thinks is possible. Could you talk a little bit about kind of like what you see there in terms of people, the people who come in and how they go out and the effect of this plant-based diet on people's lives? Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny. I, I work at the McDougal program and it's, it's so obvious to see even in 10 days from when people arrive and when they leave, the change in them, change in their attitude, um, the change in their digestion. And I've often um, got to sit in on doctor's appointments too when they have really big programs and they need extra help. So I've actually sat in appointments and I've gotten to hear people's progress from the beginning, you know, the intimate progress that they've made. And they feel it. They just, it's like an immersion program. We put them in, we feed them every day, um, we give them blood tests so they can see the numbers, and they just, they're just so changed afterwards. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and the same thing at, at True North. People come back and back and back just for little tune-ups or, or whatever, and they just love it, and it just feels good. I, and part of it, too, is you feel like you're doing something better. You're doing something good for yourself. But then the more reading you do and the more you talk to people, you realize that there's more far-reaching effects, such as the effects that eating this way has on the environment and also the effects that it has on the animals and being a 
big animal person. Um, you know, even after growing up on the farm and having the Barney incident and all that, I just I kept eating meat. I still didn't get it. It's that's a biggie for people once they realize and they read and they maybe see images and see films about um, what the animals go through to end up on their plate. They're just they're just kind of horrified. So um, it's hard to see that stuff and not want to make a change. I don't I don't know any paleo people and I haven't talked to them about that like well what about the animals what do you think about that but I would just find it so hard when people are given that information for them to just say oh no I I don't want to do that usually they're they're really saddened they're horrified you know it's this range of emotions that they didn't know and um and that it's so hidden they uh, they just feel I don't know it's just a range of feelings so um, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but <laughs> I think, uh, you know, acknowledging and, and feeling and seeing all of those, you know, personal health, the environmental health, the animal health, they all kind of come together. Um, and for me, the, I got into it for health, but I kind of am reinforced in addition to the health by the animal thing. So it's just such a big a big thing for me. I used to kind of splurge on a little that, a little cheese, and, and then I learned animal stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay any money to that because every time I do, I'm voting yes that what they're doing is okay. Mm. And I have absolutely no interest in doing that. Um, every kind of animal that's used and ends up on our plate has a horrible life. And even the ones that spend lives on happy little farms supposedly have a horrible ending, and I don't want to contribute to any horribleness to any animals. So I could go on and on about that, but <laughs> it's a big deal for me, the animals and the health. For a lot of bloggers and writers and stuff, it's sometimes one or the other. Um, for me, especially the further I get into this, um, I'm becoming a little more vocal about the animal part as well because I think it's really important. And like the tagline in my website says, um, changing how we eat changes everything. That's what I mean. It changes you. It changes the animals. It changes the environment. It changes everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm, I'm I'm curious about whether any of the folks who come to one of these programs sort of come kicking and screaming, and so they they have an epiphany. <laughs> yeah. Some some come a little kicking and screaming. Um, as the spouse. So maybe the husband just had a, you know, heart attack or he's being threatened with a quadruple bypass. I just met someone on Friday who was there because he, his doctor said he needed a quadruple bypass and he said, I'd rather not do that. Let me try this McDougal thing first. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes we'll get that where the the one spouse is in really dire straits and then the other spouse will kind of come along and they don't really want to be there or whatever, but um, they want to support their partner um, or family members. We get a lot of family who come. They have such a great experience. They'll want to send their daughter, son, their brother, whatever. And I wouldn't say they're kicking and screaming. I mean, they're there. So there's some interest, but... They always come around. It's so much fun. It's it's fun working at both places because people, I don't think there's anyone who can get to the end of a 10-day program and just be like, yeah, 
I'm just not into it. They're 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 always grabbed. They're grabbed by how good the food tastes. They've met these great friends over ten days. They just have new hope, and they feel better because you feel better within days. You know, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. There's a range of people come who come, and some are very beginning. They don't even know that. Um, cheese is dairy or yogurt is dairy they don't know the language and they're really confused and then there's people who just keep coming back because it's their annual vacation retreat tune up whatever you want to call it um so all types right so i don't i don't want to uh let you go without asking for a recipe or a meal suggestion and uh, I'm, I'm, I've got the window open. It's been raining for like five days straight. But I'm, I'm assuming that for Father's Day, the sun's going to come out. What, what do you have for people who are going to be at uh, maybe potlucks or family events where the, the centerpiece is going to be the grill? Yeah, so I would say this. And this is a biggie for a lot of people who are new to this. You don't need a certain centerpiece on your plate. So you don't need a a piece of meat or a piece of fish. Um, It's okay to eat a bunch of side dishes or a big salad or something. And I have to find that people just need almost like permission. Like you don't have to do it that way. And once they're given permission, they're like, oh, okay. So it's kind of funny. Um, But if you do want something that's kind of like a a centerpiece instead of meat or something. You could do veggie burgers. You could do, um, I have a really good recipe that's uh, uh, tried and true. It's the um, mushroom basil au gratin. It's kind of like a potatoes au gratin that's baked. Everybody loves that. Um, I've got all the usual salads that you would have maybe at a Father's Day picnic, potato salad, macaroni salad, I just did a Caesar salad, and I've got carrot cake. I mean, that's one of one of my specialties is creating recipes that are really familiar, and that helps people who are new to this because they see what looks like a regular Caesar salad, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll try that. Um, and then they like it, and they see things they're familiar with. So it's, it's pretty easy. Um, let's see. I'm looking at my website right now. I am too. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, I'm you know, I've got enchiladas and, you know, rice and veggie dishes, but try not to get hung up on the, you need this big protein centerpiece. I'm not a big tofu person either, so you won't see a lot of tofu recipes on my website. Um, but some, some vegan people like to do like a, uh, some kind of tofu centerpiece. Um, I just did a polenta. I do like polenta, so I, that's the top recipe on my website right oh, now. With, with the quinoa. Mm-hmm. Quinoa that looks good. polenta. That's, that's, I'm going to make that soon. Yeah, that was really good. And then the barbecue sauce, which is a, a new. I just love the challenge of doing a recipe that everybody knows about, and then totally tweaking it so there's nothing bad in it. There's mm. nothing. Health harming in it, um, you know, stuffed potatoes. So it's all there, you know. It's there's tons of stuff you can eat. And the funny thing is, most of us tend to eat a very repetitive diet anyway. So if you can find eight things on that list that you like, just make them over and over, and then change out the vegetables, change out the beans. Um, people 
even ask me simple questions like, well, what do you eat for breakfast? Like, oh, it's so boring. I'm even embarrassed to say I I eat fruit for breakfast with oatmeal, and then I the next day I do quinoa, and then I do brown rice. Um, and no matter if you're a healthy eater or you're a standard American eater, we all do it. We all just eat the same things over and over. So I say that to let people know that not to get too intimidated because they don't have to have this huge repertoire of recipes. You know, just get a few under your belt and you'll be off and running. And then once you get that um, good, then you can add new things in and start cooking from recipes a little bit more. Um, yeah, so... Awesome. Great, great advice. Yeah. And wh- one more question. So we were talking earlier about sort of you having good skin and looking good and being vibrant mm-hmm. as a great advertisement for your diet and lifestyle. So yeah. on your on your website, on your blog, these beautiful uh-huh. photos are kind of doing the same thing for the food. How'd you get mm-hmm. good at taking photos? And I'm, I'm asking this specifically for myself and for anyone who wants to kind of help spread the revolution by... By sharing, you know, I was I was at a, a, a blogging conference where somebody was saying, you know, basically it can be the most delicious food in the world, but if it looks like a, like a bodily fluid, don't take a picture of it, <laughs> like you know, a, a kind of a brown yeah. curry. <laughs> so how do you how do you uh, how do you get good at uh, taking these photos? Oh, thank you so much. Um, how did I get good at that? Well, I've, we I come from a photo family. My mom is a big photo nut. I think I inherited that from her. And uh, a boyfriend of mine gave me a camera once, just a little Canon pocket camera and a digital camera. Maybe it was my first digital camera. And he just opened up this whole new world to me. I had no idea I liked photography so much. And digital cameras make it so easy and the pictures look so great. And then I just kept doing it. It's kind of like cooking. I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it over and over and and I, I've never, I'm embarrassed to say, I've never taken a photography class. I haven't even read the stinking manual that came with my current good camera. I just, I think I have a good eye for composition, and um, I have a good eye for picking out the best of the 50 that I take, you know. So I, <laughs> Ah, I take okay, so it's 50, the same thing with I, your recipes. You, you make it 50 times and you give us your best one. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and uh, so I no, just no love yeah, I love taking pictures. It helps if you love taking pictures. And like a lot of this stuff that has to do with the blog, it takes patience. It takes patience to cook, take the pictures, set up the picture, go through all the pictures, edit the pictures. And I'm so fortunate that I worked in magazines before because it's just all the same stuff, writing and editing and creating and working with pictures and working with Photoshop and and also, oh, I didn't mention that I'm writing a cookbook that's going to be done this year, and I'm self-publishing it, and I'm really looking forward to it, because if there's anything I can do well, it's create a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is my feeling, because I, I love doing all this stuff. I love writing and editing and layout and pictures, and I just love it, so... Um, I'm going to, at least on the first one, do it myself with some help, and it will be my my baby. I will love it, I'm sure, even if it if I wish I would have done things different later or learned things as I go, I'm, I'm pretty certain that I will enjoy the process. So I'm already enjoying it. So, so uh, do you have a title yeah. or information where we can get it? No, I'm not that far yet. Okay, I'm so we doing... should we should just check out Straight Up Food, get on your mailing list, and I assume you will tell us. 
Yes. So if you go to my website in the upper left, you can. There's two subscription boxes. One is if you want to subscribe to the blog, which just means every time I make a new post, you get an email like 10 minutes later. It's very basic. It's notification. Then right below that says subscribe to our newsletter, which is basically our mailing list. And then I send that out every month or so. And I just, you know, recap the recipes in case people aren't signed up to follow the blog or they're not on Facebook. I do a lot on Facebook too. Um, so we'll get my newsletter. And yeah, I get people, I'll keep people abreast of the book prog- progress as it goes. And in my last newsletter, I said, oh, I'm looking for uh, recipe testers. And I got like 40 people who emailed me, and it was wonderful. So we're in that process right now. And it's interesting because I've made all these recipes a lot of times on my blog, but they still need to be tested. Mm. Um, it's still good to have the fresh eye looking at them and seeing if things make sense, and especially those beginning recipes. So um, it's it's been a really fun process. And right. especially, especially when, as, as a cookbook user, I get to the like the, the part in the preparation where it says add the water and i don't see any water <laughs> in the ingredients <laughs> what water yeah it's so, got to be extremely clear right well I, yeah. I, I look forward to uh to see maybe i'll sign up as a tester <laughs> yeah you That'd can sign fun. it's real easy um and and it's also not just going to be recipes. It's because where I, because of where I work, I do a lot of teaching people. Because not everybody is comfortable cooking and cooking from recipes, and and I don't really cook from recipes every day. I just put food together. So it's also going to be about how to think about food, how to just put things together without a recipe, and I'll kind of fill in those gaps for people and some of the big questions that have come up over and over and over, like salad dressings. Um, how do you cook without oil? How do you plan? Like, what if you're traveling? So, all of these things too. I'm, I'd like to touch on. That's that's great because yeah. I, I think I was talk, speaking to someone else. Like, so many chefs produce cookbooks that to me are like the clothes that models wear on the runway. Mm-hmm. You know, have, has no relevance to my everyday life. And and you know, realistically, right. I don't I don't cook from cookbooks that often. I'll do it for inspiration. Know. I'll do it if there's some new ingredient that I mm-hmm. see, you know, I find, I stumble across in a farmer's market or a, or a grocery store and there, it looks good and I'm curious. Or if I'm cooking for a, you know, to impress someone or to, to bring something to a potluck. But me, most of the time I'm just sort of using whatever intuition and, and experience I've gained. And it sounds mm-hmm. like that's what your book is, is going to uh, help people download. It is, and it's really particularly tailored to people who are getting into this brand new. And I get emails all the time, oh, I just started this two weeks ago, and they're happy to have found the blog. Um, so, yeah, really holding their hand. And I'm not including every recipe from my blog in the book. I'm like things that are too hard, I'm keeping out. We'll put those in a later cookbook or something that's mm. specific for celebrations or something. So this one's going to be pretty much basic stuff, basic thinking. And it, I'm not even going to jam a ton of recipes in. I'm going to have plenty. But the point isn't to have 200 recipes. The point is to give people the real picture of we eat in a repetitive fashion, you know, pick out a few of these and make them your own. I mean, we all have cookbooks where we've maybe made two things out of them. So I don't think we need 200 or even 100 recipes to get people going on this way of eating. They need a good handful. They need the, 
the basic principles, and um, I think it'll be a good support for them and resource. Awesome. I look forward to it. So Kathy Fisher of StraightUpFood.com, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you. I had a great time. Take care. Bye.